most wonderful show is Keeping Up With The Joneses. Welcome to episode 184 of Keeping Up With The Joneses, where this week we are talking about speaking in tongues. You'll have a shandy, she'll have a shandy, we'll have a shandy. <laughs> Should have bought a Honda. <laughs> <laughs> Fake tongues. Yep, there you go. Before we get into the topic of tongues, yes, we had a fascinating week. We did. We had a great week. We had a wonderful, wonderful week. It started out with two of our friends in town, one of whom who lives in towns so that wasn't surprised he yes, was in I town. Mean, he should be in town. Yes. But he was in our part of the town. He was. Mr. Lyle Phillips was in first year. If you are listening to this podcast, there's probably a good chance that you know who Heidi Baker is. And if you know who Heidi Baker is, you know it's a big deal to hear her say that Lyle Phillips is her hero. And so if you haven't met Lyle, if you haven't heard his story, if you go to episodes 37 and episodes 38 of this podcast, you can hear an interview with Lyle where he tells the story of being a a drug-dealing youth all the way to somebody who rescues children from sex slavery. And he's a brilliant storyteller, a brilliant person. He was with our first-year students speaking on missions. missions. Yes, and a heart for missions. It was it was amazing. I uh, I had to go, you know, I was working on a whole bunch of stuff, but every time I was in there, you know, you're in there for about five minutes and then you start crying. So, of course, I'd just run out, you know, because I have to be able to see to get the rest of my work done. So, That's you, right. You know, so avoid. I'll have to listen to recordings later. And then in second year, we had Mark DuPont, who, uh, if you've heard my testimony, he's the person who called me out back in 92 uh, and said that God had a plan for my life. Well, yeah, he opened with your dad's dead and he's not coming back, which is my favorite prophetic word ever. Yeah, yes. And, and it's funny because I've talked to him about it and it's I've never heard him start or ever prophesy like that, you know, since then in terms of that sort of a shocking remark. But if you if you uh, before you start using that as your model for prophecy, go ahead and uh, <laughs> listen to my testimony about when he did that. We'll try and put that in the show notes. What what. Uh, did he talk about that when he was on the show? You know what? He might have. Yeah. He might have. So, yeah, Mark was on the show for episode 46, wasn't he? Yeah. Go yeah. If you haven't if you haven't listened to some of the earlier episodes, I mean, our interview with Mark was amazing. He's a great prophet, a wonderful man of God with a tremendous history with the Lord. Yeah. An incredible longevity in the kingdom in terms of, you know, ministry and integrity and all that kind of stuff. So, awesome individual to listen to. And then the rest of the week was pretty normal meetings, hanging out with our staff, et cetera, et cetera. Except we had Valentine's Day, babe. Tell everybody what we got each other for Valentine's Day. <laughs> oh my gosh. What is happening to me? We bought the Zelda like expanded downloadable content thing for, for each other instead of doing chocolates, which is probably a good decision health-wise. Yeah, instead of doing flowers, yeah. cards, chocolate, yeah. we bought each other some a big expansion pack to suck more of our life into. And and so it is, isn't it, darling? I, I haven't started playing it, but Oh, it's amazing. You're you're epically involved yeah. in the DLC. So there you go. Yeah. And then coincidentally enough for our wedding anniversary, which was in January, I pre ordered the Zelda Expanded Edition hardback guide and it arrived on Valentine's Day. It did. So we, we got the downloadable content with the book that helps us conquer all things. Who says romance is dead? I know. Well, you know, it's really funny because I'm going out this evening uh, with some friends and you're going to have to play Zelda without me by your side, which you don't like. You like me there. Well, I have to edit the podcast first. Yes. And maybe by the time that's done, you'll be home and then you can help me with Zelda. Well, then it will be my turn to play. <laughs> that's how this thing works. And this, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> is the current problem in our marriage. Yeah. 
somebody said, you need two switches. I'm like, then we'd never see each other. So he helps me in my uh, conquering of Hyrule. And then I help him in his. You've got a, you understand maps. I don't, I mean, I understand the gist of maps, but you have a photographic memory. So you can look at something and remember everywhere it is. Yes. Whereas I'm like, I'm just going to look this up on YouTube. It'll be easier. All right, and then Friday night, I had a daddy-daughter dance with my two little girls. You did, and they were so cute. So on Thursday, I took them out to get dresses, and both of them really wanted heels. And, you know, Abby is nearly 11, and she's just like, Mommy, everybody else has wedges. Can I get wedges? And and I'm like thinking, oh, you're going to roll your ankle. It's not comfortable. You don't even realize it's not comfortable, but your little heart really wants wedges. So we got them sweet little... Now, wedge sandals. forgive my ignorance there's a huge difference between high heels and wedges yes because yes they're not high heels I not mean, you don't even put remotely children in high heels but but tia thinks that she has high heels because so there's Abby. like an inch of a heel on it they both said yes yeah, bump we're gonna have to take our shoes off we can dance I, I can barely walk these high heels <laughs> i was like you yeah. have about half inch i tried to convince them to go for flats like i just sort of lightly tried like hey guys it's easier to dance in flats and whatever and they're like no we won't you know, so. And then Saturday morning, you hosted, well, you didn't really host, somebody else hosted a baby shower at our house, and 35 women came over. Yes. Well, first of all, I actually had to go and do, uh, open up the church and all that for demo day. I forgot about that. So church. you were up at like 5.36. Six. Yeah. And out the door before seven, so went and got all the stuff for that, and, you know, thankfully there's other people that are awesome that help put everything together. We're doing a big construction project at church. And so this was kind of the demolition and preparation for some of the remodeling. Yeah. Which is exciting. And then there was a shower at our house. So I had to fly back home and help host a shower. My point was uh, with 35 women, the estrogen level was, was nearing toxic levels. So forget the estrogen level, the, the noise. I mean, it was, I was not so home for that. loud. I was I was over by the kitchen sink pretending to wash things and just trying to breathe because I was like, it's so loud. But anyway, yes. I took the kids out and proceeded to have a series of parenting fail moments. You did? You, when you come home and say, I'm not proud of my parenting choices today, I'm like, oh no. Well, both of us forgot to feed the children. Well, no, not both of us because I wasn't home. You didn't feed the children. Right, but neither did you. So technically well, both of us But you failed. were the parent at home. <laughs> Baby, blame is a terrible, oh terrible gosh. thing to deserve. Okay, yeah, we both failed to <laughs> to feed the children. Yeah, yeah, they were playing Zelda, and I was busy tidying the house. I just want to mention that you failed to feed them the whole time you were in Scotland. Doesn't matter that you weren't here; you failed to feed them. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So I'm thinking it's like ten o'clock. They need to eat something, but I'm also planning on taking them to a movie. I was going to go. To, in fact, I did go and see Peter Rabbit which was brilliant, by the way. And so I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to take the kids. I said, where do you want to go for breakfast? And they all said Chick-fil-A. And I was like, don't you want to go to McDonald's for breakfast? And Dio was like, please, no. So we drive to Chick-fil-A. It's pouring with rain. I mean, torrential rain. Get to Chick-fil-A. We're in the lineup. It's taking forever. Easily like 10 minutes to get around the building in the lineup. And no kidding, just like in a Hollywood movie, we pull up to the the little voice box where you make your order, and just as I get there, the manager comes out and rotates the breakfast menu to lunch menu. And I was like, "Are you are you are you serious right now?" He's like, "Sorry, no longer serving breakfast." So they switch at like ten thirty or something. Ten thirty. I thought it was eleven, and I you know I got there about ten twenty, but by the time I slowly approached it, it was ten thirty, and they said, "You can see if there's any food left in the shoots," which there wasn't. 
So now the kids are like, oh, they're hungry, I'm hungry, we're irritable. I still have to wait in the drive through line to exit the drive through line, even though I haven't ordered any food. Why didn't you order lunch stuff then? It's oh, pretty much the same food. Because I was thinking breakfast, breakfast, what breakfast. That, what does that mean? <laughs> just mean I'm like single focused. <laughs> okay. Can't well, have breakfast, I mean, can't good, adapt. Because the movie theater definitely had breakfast. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so then we went to the movies. And the only movie theater that was actually showing a movie at a time that would work for us was up in Nashville, not here in Franklin. So drive up 65 again. Again, torrential rain can barely see anything and people don't drive with their lights on i'm like guys it's That's the law illegal yeah yeah well you know i leaned out my window and yelled at a bunch of people but they couldn't hear me because of the rain okay so get to the movie theater <laughs> and i uh, getting all the kids out which was an ordeal because it was pouring with rain and you know i'm trying to coordinate them get out you know jackets on blah, blah, blah. run into the movie theater uh get in and I'm looking at like, what What am I going to feed my kids? It's now like 11 a.m. Right. None of us have eaten. We're just starving. We're crotchety. We're irritable. Right. And I'm Recipe looking at- Recipe for disaster. I'm looking at what's available, um, you know, like kind of menu option wise. And the best I can do is nachos. So melted cheese and corn chips. Except that's, there's no way that's cheese. It's like orange plasticky stuff. Sure. Let's not think about it. Okay. And and Corn dogs. Corn dogs. <laughs> And then the kids, like, pounced on me because I was like a deer in headlights. I don't know what I was doing. So they're like, can we have popcorn? I'm like, yes. Can we have a large bucket of popcorn? And they're like, can we have a slushy? And I'm like, that's a great idea. We'll give them a slushy. So I said, yeah, can I have a Coke that slushy? That is not a great idea. That is a horrible idea. <laughs> Granted, in the cold, sober light of reality, it's <laughs> terrible. You are not going to the movies unsupervised again. <laughs> but I swear, it was just like frantic, frenetic. It was just panicked. And so... Then I had to work out how to get all of that stuff into the movie theater with three children. Anyway, we, we did. They're now high on sugar, I MSG. can't believe you gave them all caffeine. Oh, it was... Anyway. That explains the afternoon. Well, what happened then was we get out of the movie theater some like hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes later, walk over to the car only to find that I'd left the driver's side seat open. I don't know how. I thought I'd close the driver's side door, but I hadn't. And yeah. so our door is just wide open in the middle of the parking lot. It had been for like an hour and a half, an hour and 45 minutes, who knows. And it's been pouring with rain the whole time. So it's a puddle in the driver's seat. An absolute puddle. It was now, still wet this morning. Oh, yeah. It was still wet this afternoon. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, we have a bigger problem. And that problem is the car door was left open, which means the interior lights were left open, which means we have a dead battery. Right. So right enough, try to start up the car, dead battery. And I'm thinking, fantastic. So then I look around the car park and there are some guys in a car opposite me. And so I walk over. I've got jumper cables, thankfully. And I tap on their window to see if they'll let me, um, you know, can you help me start my car? As they roll down their window, just this huge waft of marijuana comes out. <laughs> oh and I'm like, gosh. you know what? I'll take what I get. And so I was like, hey, guys, could you help me jump my car? They were super helpful. Very, very helpful. Got the car jumped, came home, was absolutely exhausted and was like, okay, you're trying to deal with the children. <laughs> uh, that was my Saturday morning parenting fail. Yeah. Well, it sounds epic, darling. They all survived. Yeah, they're fine. And the car seems fine. Ish. It's like taking a bath when you're driving. Damp. All right, so this week's topic then is yes. speaking in tongues. It is. Last week, we shared five things that helped us grow in our prayer life. And I think one of the things I mentioned was speaking in tongues because it's been a huge part of my prayer life. But ironically, for something that's had such a big effect on my prayer life, it was something that for years was this huge mystery, and prior to that was a huge controversy. So I thought that tonight 
we could talk about our journey into speaking in tongues. Sure. What do you think? Sure. Sounds good. Why don't you go first? Okay. Um, well, uh, I the church that I got saved in had no grid or uh, need, apparently, for speaking in tongues. Me too. And really didn't think it was for today. So... Um, I really didn't know what it was until uh, I started going to the Toronto Way for Christian Fellowship. And I I heard some people speaking in tongues, but I wasn't really sure what it was. Like, I, I was sort of like, oh, that's weird. I wonder why they're babbling like that. Like, right. like, it didn't really make sense. And then when I went to YWAM, there was a whole bunch of people that spoke in tongues at YWAM. Weirdest. I know. And I was like, and they all, you know, had different tongues, which I was like, wow, you don't even speak the same language. Like I was totally, you know, I was totally confused by the whole thing. Um, and, you know, had a couple of run-ins with what I call pressure circles, you know. Oh, where, they're always fun. Where they put the person who doesn't speak in tongues in the middle and then, you know, everybody surrounds them and yells in tongues over them and somebody's going, say it, say it. And you're just like, oh, it, you know. Um, that sounds Horrible. Like an absolute nightmare. And, and I would just shut down. Like, I was like, I don't know what you want me to say. I'm not going to make something up and stop yelling at me. You that know? must be the equivalent of being pushed down on a prayer line. No, I think it's worse. Oh, really? I think you, because I left all of those like full of shame. Like, I, sh- I can't do this thing that everybody else can do. And, you know, I had a couple of different people even say to me, you know, tongues is the only um, evidence that you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I was like, what are you, are you kidding? I prophesy like I, you know, whatever. And they're like, nope, tongues is it, you know, kind of thing. So I was like, I was both confused and hurt and, you know, just, it so, was, it so it was a great. source of wounding then. It was. Yeah. Right. And then, um, after YWAM, of course, came back to church and I think it was about two years later and, and probably five pressure circles later, Oh uh, Where were these pressure circles happening? At a, church? A couple of them were at YWAM. Um, a couple of them were well-meaning people when you'd be at their house. You know what I mean? Like it was never, no, it was never on the front row at church or anything like that. Cause that, that church is just, isn't like that. But, right. but, um, and then I was at this women's meeting and I remember Mary Audrey was speaking on tongues and then she's like, Hey, anybody who doesn't have the gift of tongues, why don't you stand up? And I was like, I really debated whether I was going to stand up because I thought, I am not doing this again. I'm not doing the thing where people scream at me in tongues. But I thought, well, you know what? I really trust Mary Audrey. So she actually had us all come to the front. And there was, you know, maybe 18 or 20 of us, a couple hundred women there. And he, she said, you know, we're not going to line up people around you and whatever. She said, I, I just want you to, we're going to enter back into worship, just spread out across the front, just connect, you know, and whatever. And, um, so they they quietly prayed over different people, and some people started speaking in tongues. I didn't. Um, and then at the end, like Mary Audrey came over and she was talking to me, and she said, "AJ, you know, usually you're walking around singing." And I said, "Yeah." And she's like, "Well, the music's playing. Just sing whatever comes into your head." She's like, "You know, if it's different syllables or different words, just just sing them." And she's like, "And if it doesn't, it's fine. It's going to happen. You know, whatever." I was like, "Okay." So she went and started praying for somebody else and I started singing and so I, and I started singing in tongues. And so, um, for the first couple of years of speaking in tongues in quotation mark, I actually sang in tongues. I, I, I didn't speak in tongues. I would just sing in tongues all the time. Right. Um, but it, I think it became sort of a, a sore point for me. You know what I mean? Like just the whole thing of the the pressure and and I was always confused why 
why does it seem like people in the same friendship group have the exact same tongue? Like I, there's a whole bunch of stuff I didn't get. Right. Yeah. So it, it, but I mean, now I like speaking in tongues, but again, I, I, I don't tend to speak in tongues from the microphone cause I don't think that's what it's for, you know? So, um, it's just when it's me and God, I speak in tongues or when I'm putting the kids to bed cause they want us to speak in tongues. Wow. So you started with singing and then went to speaking. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny that you mention about, like, I don't think it's for that. Like, Paul differentiates, I think, in, in Corinthians between speaking in tongues, like, as a uh, as something as part of a public service, which he mandates is always interpreted for the benefit of everybody who's listening. Um, and and indeed, he says in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 30, he, he asks kind of this rhetorical question, do all speak with tongues, like, talking about, like, public worship? And, of course, the answer is no. Like not like when we go to church on Sunday, not everybody gets up and speaks in tongues on the microphone, right? Um, and but then later in First Corinthians fourteen verse five, he says, "I wish you all spoke with tongues." So you end up with this kind of like contradiction in terms. Like, do all speak with tongues? I wish you all spoke with tongues. And I think like the the twelve thirty is is the corporate use, and I think the fourteen verse five is the private use. I right. think Paul is saying, "I wish you know everybody spoke in tongues." For me. I was very similar, really, except I didn't go to YWAM and and Mary Audrey didn't ask me to sing in tongues. But but basically, I grew up in in a really conservative evangelical church where we did not believe that the gifts of the Spirit were for today. So, healing, prophecy, speaking tongues, none, none of that was for today. So, therefore, I was raised to believe that anybody who was speaking in tongues was of the devil. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So that, yeah, I mean, really, I had no expectation that you could speak in tongues. And and the people that we knew that did speak in tongues, well, they were crazy charismatics. And at best, they were just nice people who were deceived. At worst, they were tools of Satan. Right. And okay. So really, I mean, literally, <laughs> that was the category I put speaking in tongues in. Then I met the Holy Spirit. You know, really powerful. The Holy Spirit hit me. I did not go home that night speaking in tongues. I had this incredible encounter with the Holy Spirit. But I, you know, if anything, what happened was my question machine got turned on. Right. And I was just like, what is the Holy Spirit? What is baptism in the Holy Spirit? What is speaking in tongues? How does one speak in tongues? What is praying in tongues? Is that different from speaking in tongues? Right. What is prophecy? What are angels? What are visions? You know, and I just started on this massive journey into understanding. One of the most helpful messages I ever heard was Derek Prince teaching on tongues. And I remember he did this teaching I'm listening to an audio cassette of it, but he did this teaching, and then he did his ministry time, where he said, everyone everyone who does not speak in tongues, come to the front, I will pray for you in English, and then after that, no more English. And on the tape you hear, everybody just spontaneously starts speaking in tongues, I'm like, oh, wow. I would like that. And, it, you know, he was, he's very, he's not laid back, but he's certainly not, you know, demanding manipulative or any way, and it just seemed like an ABC. And I remember asking the Lord... Lord, I would I would love to. I don't know how to. And and you know, when I teach this, I tell embarrassing stories about how I'd sit there with my my jaw slack and my tongue out, just waiting for the Holy Spirit to start moving my tongue around. Because I, I literally didn't know how it worked. But what I was encouraged by was first Corinthians fourteen, verse one, where we're told to eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Right. So I was like, All right, Lord. I really want to be able to speak in tongues. Right. And I, I didn't have pressure circles. I had some well-meaning friends try and teach me how to speak in tongues, which is quite a funny thing. Yeah. And all they did was share their experiences. Say of, this, Shabba. <laughs> Shabba. <laughs> all they did was tell me their experience and then 
try and recreate it. Yeah. Which is great, except it's missing the Holy Spirit. And, you know, so I remember I remember a friend, I said, how did you learn to speak in tongues? He said, well, somebody just prayed for me and told me to say the first word that came into my mind. I said, what was the first word that came into your mind? And he said, it was Rhoda. And as soon as I said the word Rhoda, I started, I just started, I said one word Rhoda and the rest followed. I was like, that's awesome. Do that for me. So he lays hands on me and he prays and he says, all right, Alan, just say the first word that comes to your mind. And I was like, egg yolks. (laughs) (laughs) I know. That was pretty much his reaction. (laughs) And he was like, yeah, maybe it'll happen a different way for you. Maybe it'll happen a different way for you. But I, I have heard people, like, literally, when they're praying for other people to get tongues, where they're like, just say say this word, say Shabbat. Like, they give them something to start with. Right. I mean, I'm not an expert on teaching people to speak in tongues, but it just seems strange to, to offer the word when it's going to be a personal language for themselves, if that well, makes sense. But Honestly, I think the thing that's helpful for me, the big misunderstanding for me, and Derek Prince clarified this for me, was... I thought it was the Holy Spirit that did the talking through my mouth. I know that sounds ridiculous. That's why I just sit there like, you know, with my with mouth, mouth open, open and my tongue out going, Holy Spirit, you take can, over, you, really, take over can, my jaw. Yeah. And what I didn't realize was, no, no, you do the talking, but the Holy Spirit gives you the language. Right. And I was like, oh, you know, that, that makes, it kind of makes sense why people give you a starter word. Saying the starter word doesn't mean you're speaking in tongues, but it does right. activate something in faith. Sure. A, a bit like when we're teaching the prophetic and you ask them to think of the Bible character that most represents the person standing behind them. That's not them prophesying, but it is them stepping into yeah. what does it feel like a- to get exercising revelation. Exercising faith, yeah. 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 So I remember, I don't know how I, I honestly don't remember, but I remember having a word. I don't remember what the word was. Let's say the word was Shabba. I don't remember what it was, but I remember as I'd pray to the Lord, this one word would pop out. And I remember saying that word a lot, but I literally only had one word. And Egg yolk. Egg yolk. It wasn't egg yolk. It was (laughs) just a word that I would say. And I remember this whole time still praying, like, Lord, I really want to be able to speak in tongues. I remember one day saying to the Lord, Lord, I really want to be able to speak in tongues. And he said to me, Alan, that presupposes that you don't already speak in tongues. And I'm like, of course. And he says, well, if you don't already speak in tongues, what are you doing when you say this word, whatever the word was, Shabba? Right. And, you, you know, the Lord wasn't being difficult. You, I think he was just trying to point to something. So I was like, Lord, is, is this that? And the Lord was like, yeah, but it's one word. Now just grow your vocabulary. And so what I started doing was just saying that one word, and I'd find that one word return into a phrase, and then sooner or later, I could just free flow in this new language. Um, and I say language in inverted commas, because at the time I was like, I don't know if I'm making this up. Now, here's a fun thing for you. Try and make up a free-flowing language. You, right. It, you can't. Right. You'll run out of syllables or phrases. or But because I was so left-brained and so insistent I wasn't deceived... Uh, one day I devised a test. Do you know what my test was? This what is, what this was your is, test? This is Alan Jones's left brain approach to being confident you're speaking tongues. One morning I was having breakfast and I picked up the back of the cereal box and I prayed out loud in English. I just began to pray and just worship Jesus. And while I was doing that, I tried to read the back of the cereal box and I found that I couldn't. I found that when I started mentally reading the back of the cereal box, it interrupted the flow of me speaking English and praying. Right. 
And so then what I do is I started speaking tongues, just out loud speaking tongues and reading the back of the cereal box. And I realized, oh, I can do that. I can read in English and it doesn't interrupt the flow of the spirit. And, and me speaking in tongues doesn't interrupt the flow of me reading in English. And for whatever reason, that settled it in my heart. Like, ta-da! <laughs> the cereal box test. Try it at home. <laughs> this is me speaking in tongues. Because like everything, it's it's faith. Yeah. And now, I don't know, some 20 years later, I, you know, I've been speaking in tongues for, for years, and I don't doubt that it is tongues. I know that it is, even though my tongue sounds completely different from yours. Yeah. And sounds completely different from everybody else's. Yeah. Um, But th- that's how I got into it. So that's our journey into speaking in tongues. I was thinking, babe, what do you use speaking in tongues for? Um, well, I mean, to to pray, to build yourself up, right? So uh, Jude 20 says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So it, it's talking about praying in tongues actually builds your spirit man or your inner man. Right. Um, so that's one of the things that it's really, really wonderful for. You know, Paul talks about like when you, you, know, when you pray in the spirit, your mind is unfulfilled, but your spirit is filled. Right. And so that's one of the things I do a lot when I'm driving or I'm in the shower. Uh, it's almost like a reflex. I'll just pray in tongues and you're right. It's, it's like the strengthening of your spirit. It's, it's an amazing thing. Another thing I pray in tongues for was I remember when I was learning to flow in word of knowledge or flow in prophecy, I would always have to pray in tongues before I'd get a vision. Oh, wow. So if That's somebody cool. said, you know, do you have Connection. a word for me? Yeah. Oh, I had this picture of like me putting up my radio antenna. Right. Like when I'd speak in tongues, I wouldn't see a vision or an image before I started praying in tongues. Um, now, of course, I, I, I don't necessarily pray in tongues to do that, but to begin with. But I think, I think it's 1 Corinthians 14, verse 13. Paul says that when you speak in a tongue, you should pray for an interpretation of what you're saying. And often when I'm stuck or I need wisdom or I'm asking for revelation, be that in a church service about what to do, or I remember one time we missed a flight and I was like, Lord, I need some vision, some understanding of what to do. And I just start speaking in tongues and it feels like it's like a fast track plug-in to the spirit realm for revelation. Does that make sense? Yeah, like a speed charger. Do you do that? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I have, but right. that's not most most commonly. I just start talking to the Lord. I don't necessarily so pray, pray in tongues ahead of time. But yes, yeah. All right. Anything else you pray in tongues with for? Um. Yeah. Well, it's also used for intercession, isn't it? So Ephesians six. No. <laughs> Ephesians six verse eighteen. It yeah. says. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So, you know, it's always funny. We we used to joke around about, you know, when people would say, well, I'm going through this certain thing or God seems to be refining this in me or whatever. Hey, I didn't ask for this or whatever. And I would always say, hey, do you pray in tongues? Because you have no idea what you're asking for. You know, the Spirit is interceding on your behalf for actually what needs to happen within you right. to make you look more like Jesus. You don't know what you're praying for. You may have prayed for exactly this right? <laughs> but even when i mean like our job we're we're often faced with things that way above our pay grade yeah situations people asking for wisdom or insight and we're like in my natural self i have no clue right but in praying for them in going to intercession i find it very helpful to just pray in tongues you know about a situation 
um, or situations, it's a, d- a default thing that I just go to. So, yeah. you know, prayers in English, prayers in tongues, scripted prayers, devotional prayers, random prayers. Groans too deep for words. One word all prayers. Those sort of things, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. If you're listening to this and you speak in tongues, hopefully this, you know, made sense. If you're listening to this and you've never spoken in tongues, but you would love to speak in tongues, it would be our privilege to pray for you right now um, for a release of the gift of tongues in your life. The the one thing, the prerequisite, the only prerequisite is that you've given your life to Jesus. And I'm imagining if you're listening to a podcast like this, you already have. But if you haven't, giving your life to Jesus is the best thing you can do. And it, it's simple. You just believe that Jesus died for your sins, your sins being things you've done wrong. You recognize that Jesus is the Son of God, that he, he came to save you. And you respond by saying, Lord, I want you in my life. Would you forgive me my sins? And so... First things first, if you can pray this with me, if you've never given your life to Jesus, and you you can just repeat this after me, Jesus Christ, I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that you died to forgive my sins. And would you come and forgive me my sins, transform my life, and I commit myself to following you. If you've done that, if you've prayed a prayer like that in your life, you, you are what the Bible calls a follower of Jesus, a Christian. To be given the gift of tongues is just one of the many gifts that the Holy Spirit loves to give followers of Jesus. And you just need to be willing to receive it. Just say, Jesus, I would love to be able to speak in tongues. And so, AJ and I are just going to pray for you right now. Lord Jesus, we just pray for everyone who's listening to this right now, thank you, God. who may be able to speak in tongues, but don't know they can, thank Lord, you. I ask right now that by a gift of your Holy Spirit, you'd activate that in them and that they would be given the gift of tongues and begin to speak in tongues even now as we're praying. Yeah, Lord, I ask that you'd activate that childlike faith that just hungers for the things of you and doesn't care what it sounds like or looks like. Um, Lord, that they would just be able to push in and grab a hold of this thing that you want to give them. It's a gift. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope that was helpful as we're talking about tongues. If you have any questions about tongues, or if you want to ask any questions about anything, if you go to alanandaj.com slash ask, we'd be happy to answer any of your questions. Speaking of questions. Yes. Jenny asks this. She said, you spoke about your two-way journaling process this week, and I've listened to the podcast that you mentioned about listening to God that you put in the show notes. Journaling has always been a part of my walk with God, but I'd love to hear more about how you use it to hear God as he writes back through you. Could you possibly go into a little bit more detail about that process and maybe give some tips for someone trying it for the first time? That's a great, great question. I I will give you a little bit of a description of how it works for me, and then I'll point you in the direction of two great resources that would help you. For me, literally, in my devotional time when I'm with the Lord, I have my laptop because I can type faster than I can write, and I can read my typing, I can't read my writing. And I will do these four keys. I quiet myself down. I just get in a place where I'm still. I fix my eyes on Jesus, so I'm I'm just looking for where Jesus is in the room. I'm looking for vision as I'm, I'm praying. And then I do this thing called tuning to spontaneity. I'm recognizing that the Holy Spirit speaks in spontaneous ways. So I have an expectation that when I come to be with Jesus and when I quiet myself down and I'm just beginning to write out my prayers to the Lord. So literally, I'll sit with my laptop and I'll be like, Good morning, Father. It's just great to be with you. And I'm typing all this out to him. Like, I, I just, I'm so excited about today. Thank you for an amazing night's sleep. I just wonder, Lord, what do you have for me today? And I'll put a question mark there. And then I'll just close my eyes 
and I will look for vision. I'll just wait to see what the Holy Spirit says. And no sooner have I put a question mark, I begin to hear the Holy Spirit speak to me. I just I hear an audible stream. It comes from the right side of my head. I just hear the stream of of flow of words. Kind of like I'm talking to myself, no, but I'm not. you said audible. You hear it like you can hear my voice right now? No, I, it's like an internal audible. It's like when you okay. talk to yourself. Yep. Or you rehearse a conversation in your head. Yeah. It's as clear as that, but I'm not making up the words. I, gotcha. I hear it and I just begin to write it down and I write down everything I'm saying. And when I've finished that, I might ask some more questions. Lord, thank you for telling me that. What do you mean by whatever you said, X, Y, Z. And again, I wait and I hear something and I write it down. Right. And at the end of my prayer time, I end up with like this transcript of what I said, what I felt like the Holy Spirit said, what I said, what I felt like the Holy Spirit said. And then what I do is I haven't written it down. I weigh it. I read it. Like what, what have I, what have I written? What is the right. Holy Spirit? What do I think feels a bit too much like me? Like what I want to hear? And I might, you know, pass it on to AJ or I might talk to Jeff and just say, hey, I felt like the Holy Spirit said this, you know, what do you think? In fact, just a couple of weeks ago, we we went away as a senior team from our from our church and I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to me about a bunch of stuff. And so I shared it with Jeff and Becky and AJ and said, hey, this is what I feel like the Holy Spirit said. What do you think? I hold it really lightly, but having built up a 20 plus year relationship with the Lord doing this, it's, it's, um, I don't mean to say because I've been doing it for 20 years, I'm accurate. I don't mean to say that. But there is a level of confidence I have knowing that it's the Lord. So that's that's what it looks like for my life. Uh, AJ, I'd imagine it's much the same. Yeah, it's pretty much exactly the same. Yeah. So there's two resources. There's Mark Verkler's teaching. Mark was the person who taught us this. You can find that a link to that in the show notes. It's his ministry is called Communion with God. And the second resource is AJ's book, Finding Father. The first Two chapters are all about, uh, the first chapter is all about hearing God's voice, and we give you some exercises. In fact, the whole book is just 12 weeks of exercises and learning to hear the voice of God. Right. So, but the first chapter explains everything I just said in way more detail. And that's because, well, not a lot of people know this, but you actually wrote the first chapter of Finding Father. I, I don't want to boast, but the first two <laughs> chapters. Yes, an un, it's true. Uncredited contribution. Well, you know, I give you credit uh, at you, home. You do. You're very yes, good. It's true. Um, but so, yeah, we, we talk about how to do that. And like I said, AJ's book is just filled with journaling exercises, which is a great way to practice. The only way you get better. Uh, hearing the voice of God is practicing to hear the voice of God. So, Jenny, I I hope that helps. Thanks for being with us. If you want the show notes for this week's episode, go to alanandaj.com slash 184. But for now, have an amazing week, and we will see you next week. Same time, same place. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God The things we deal with every day From Franklin, Tennessee They are just like you and me Alan and AJ Keeping up with the Joneses Keeping up with the Joneses Sharing their life experiences Keeping up with the Joneses Talk about faith in God And everything under the sun If you are a human being There's something here for everyone